0: You're listening to the number one podcast for nonprofit leaders, getting your nonprofit fully funded. This is the Fundraising Masterminds Podcast. All right, we're back for another episode of Fundraising Masterminds Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. And we've got a great episode for you. We're going to be talking about starting a nonprofit. It's going to be a little bit more at the beginning side of assuming that you maybe have an idea of a nonprofit and you're thinking about a nonprofit, but you're not sure, you know, you know, that you need a board of directors, but you're not sure about this, and you're Googling and searching on YouTube, and I'm sure you're finding all kinds of content out there about board of directors, and we wanted to contribute a little bit to the discussion. So before we get into it though, let me tell you a little bit about Jim and I. Uh, We have been working with nonprofit leaders for over 60 years combined knowledge. Uh, Jim and I both have professional experience uh, working with thousands of nonprofits all over the country. And we have raised millions of dollars uh, for nonprofits. Both Jim and I have been on multiple boards and Jim has served as presidents of boards and all kinds of board experience. (laughs) And you also, Jim, work with one of the largest christian organizations in the world uh crew so uh we definitely know a thing or two about boards um and we can go pretty deep into the strategy behind the board and all that stuff um but we're gonna back up at the beginning of this and we're gonna just talk about what is a board and who should be on your board uh, but again, before we get into it, if you wouldn't mind just subscribing to our YouTube channel, because we have weekly podcast episodes coming out and we would love for you to be a part of the community and the discussion. So go ahead and hit that. You can also follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, um, because we would love for you to be able to listen to us in the car. So... Um, That's my little spiel. Yeah. So (laughs) well, yeah, let's
1: get into it. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think is important for me to at least mention, even though this particular broadcast is going to be starting a nonprofit, we're going to be talking about board of directors as a a concept as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be helpful for anyone, whether you are a brand new startup organization or whether you're a veteran organization, just how to recruit and bring on board members, how many, how big your board should be, what kind of yeah. individual, what kind of base should be on your board. Yeah. So even though we've structured this for a startup, it's applicable for anyone
0: who's in nonprofit work. Right. Well, we know nonprofits have board members that are coming and going. Right. And um, and so, yeah, this is a great topic. And we're going to do another episode a little later on on the roles and the responsibilities of a board. So definitely check that out as well. Right. So let's get into it, Jim. I'm excited. Yeah, Um, me too. Board of Directors. Yeah. It's necessary. Absolutely required by law Yep, that you at least have a president and a secretary for sure. Yep. And uh board of directors is very much needed but when I search on YouTube for how to create a board, uh, who to recruit for board, yeah, you know, one of, some of the advice out there is, you know, you should treat board of directors just like, you know, you would hire any old person for a job. Yeah. And you should have an application, Mm -hmm. you should just um, put on your website and say, hey, we're looking for board members and, and literally Any old person can apply to be a board member. And then you go through the process of, you know, interviewing them like you would interview someone for a job. Yeah. Right. And there's specific uh, things that these board members should do. um, You know, help out with fundraising, go to board meetings, you know, contribute a certain amount of time and effort. Yeah. Um, But Jim, as you and I were looking at some of this content out there, uh, I learned very quickly that you didn't. think that this was a great strategy. Well, you
1: noticed that, yeah, there were some things that I would say that I don't necessarily agree with. And there, I, I believe that we've you've got to really evaluate. And based on my experience, 38 years working in nonprofits and yeah. a good majority of those years serving on boards, right. there's things that I heard that I would say I don't necessarily agree with. Well, let's with. get
0: into like what specifically did you yeah. hear that you don't agree with yeah. and what why don't you yeah. agree with those things? Well,
1: you start Started out first of all was saying that you put an application out on your website yeah. and essentially kind of
0: inviting any, anybody inviting
1: you want. anybody chumming uh, the water like you would you're fishing and put a bunch of corn out in the water and just grab anything that's hungry Well, just
0: like a job right it's a it's a job so why not just have a job application like if you're looking for an executive director you just throw a job out there and you know so why wouldn't you do that with your board
1: yeah well first of all you need to understand what the role of the board is and we'll talk about the board but actually they they bring oversight they set policies they Mm -hmm. set direction to the organization they hire and fire the executive director Mm. so if you want someone that you have no experience with, no knowledge of who they are, they don't currently give to your organization, if you want those people to come in and be essentially your boss, your representative, your spokesperson for your organization, more power to you. But I believe that it's it's critical that you know exactly who is gonna be on your board, what kind of person's on your board, what kind of, Mm -hmm. what their character is like. Have they had any nonprofit experience? Are they qualified to Mm -hmm. be a board member, to set direction? I can't tell you how often I have served with board members and viewed board members as coming in and being counsel to nonprofit organizations and just said to myself, this person is way over their head. They were not prepared to be part of a, of a growing organization mm-hmm. because they were left behind. The right. problem with that, Jason, is that once you bring someone on your board, they're tough to get off because they might not have the same perception as you do on whether they should be on the board, whether they're qualified. A lot of times people don't want to admit their inadequacies and right. that they shouldn't be on the board. So well, trying to get those people removed is difficult. If I can put them on the board, can I just take them off the board? Yeah, well, you might think you could, but once again, it's not as easy as you would think. Why? Because, well, first of all, they serve as your the executive director is reports to them. So, if you've ever tried to remove your boss from the position uh, where they're at, it's not an easy thing to do. And these people essentially are becoming the overseers of your organization. Mm-hmm. So, trying to get those people to be removed is very difficult because, according to the IRS and other, you know, could even be under church authority and instructions. Those people, it's a governing, it, it's a governing body, and mm-hmm. so whether they're right or wrong, or you're right or wrong, doesn't matter. They're they're right by default.
0: Right. So it's not the best idea to just go on the street and ask any old person, yeah, yeah. to be your boss. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
1: it is so much better. I mean. I, after you and I were watching some of these videos, I, you know, just, they've just made it sound like, well, if you didn't have the right person, you just, just move them off. No, you don't just move a board member off. You know what you need to do? You don't get the wrong board members. You get the right board members on first. Mm-hmm. You don't look to see, well, are these people going to do their job. Right. I. That's why I like to, to test board members, having them lead particular projects, strategies. I even put them on an advisory council or an advisory board mm-hmm. before becoming on the full board. It's almost like a farm system. Within baseball or other sports, you can try and test these people to see: mm. uh, do they work well with with the leadership? Are they good at working well with each other? Do they can they follow directions? Right, those are the things that you but need to be looking. Assuming
0: for. that we don't even, I mean, the, you're, you're these just starting v- out. These videos that we were watching kind of assume that you don't even know anyone who could right. be a board. So right. if you're starting at ground zero and you don't have any potential board members at all. Um, do you have any kind of qualifications or list or something to start with of, okay, obviously I have friends, I have family, right. I have, you know, maybe people at church or people in other groups of my life, Right. you know, what would qualify a person to be a good potential board member? Yeah. I understand you want to, you know, take them through a trial, but like before we even yeah. get to that yeah. point, how do you qualify a board member? Well, first of all, I believe you have to have character and conviction. Uh, w- above all things, are they a committed follower of Christ? Well, first of all, if this is a religious yeah, organization yeah. or a non-religious organization, obviously you want to make sure yeah. that you align with the belief system. But of, I
1: don't, I don't think. See, I, that that to me, that would be like I want to marry someone, and and I want to make sure that we are aligned with our our beliefs first before I believe that this person is a Christian. What I'm saying is nothing should, in my mind, nothing should override being a Christian. You know, first of all, the, the primary directive, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever.
0: Right, but I'm saying the people who are watching I, no, this. No, I get it, but I so but first of all, it's
1: important to understand that a lot of our target audience mm-hmm. we are directed towards Christian ministries. Right. So of when course, you and I
0: are believers, right? Christians, exactly. And so. I
1: think that's got to be the number one. If you are listening to this broadcast and mm-hmm. you are part of a Christian organization without Christ, yeah, you know, it, it you just
0: don't, And right. you know, it doesn't qualify. So you've got to make sure you are a follower of Christ. If you've got like donor blood bank organization does it really matter that they're a follower of christ or does it well matter here's that the they thing I, I, our, their, our, if you're not a faith-based organization
1: and you have a social cause then your primary directive needs to be are they aligned with your mission and your vision for the organization yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah. What's so the second that's thing? Important. Well, I would say that you really need to make sure, are these people someone who is committed mm-hmm. to your cause and committed to their time, talent, and treasure mm-hmm. to your organization? So are they going to invest the time and energy into your organization? Mm-hmm. Those things are, are critical. Okay. within that uh, i mentioned time talent a treasure so in other words you want to make sure are they willing to invest that that time mm-hmm. uh, i often use the acrostic life labor influence finances and expertise right. i think those are also great things to be looking for the the labor is are they willing to invest their time with your organization mm-hmm. from the influence side of things are they willing to come alongside? And introduce their friends. Or to do they have organization. influence? Well, they do have. Right, exactly. Are they networkers? Are they? Do they have influence within the community? Right. The finances. I think it's important. Scripture says, "Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be." Also, so right. they they need to be giving, and they need to lead out in their giving and model their giving to. Mm-hmm
0: other individuals
1: in the community. And of now, course, if you're
0: just starting out, though, you may not even have anyone giving.
1: Well, that's true. Absolutely. And you need to make sure that are they willing to at least make a commitment? Mm-hmm. So if your organization's just starting out, you need to really take a look at are they willing to help to undergird the ministry? See, mm-hmm. it's really important. And and this kind of goes back to your Early comment about do we just have anybody come on the board? Well, they have fiduciary responsibilities. Oftentimes we forget that, that a board member has fiduciary responsibilities. And fiduciary responsibilities are not just making sure that you spend your money wisely. You need to also, part of those responsibilities are raising money and bringing money in the doors. So mm-hmm. that's extremely important. And the only, the best way you can do that is to lead out with your giving as right. well, too. That's how you get others. And, of course, the last area in life is your expertise. You need to look for individuals who are bringing unique skills, talents, and giftings mm-hmm. to your organization. And you want to look for a yeah, rather... I was going to
0: say, what unique skills well, are you wanting to look for? You
1: want to look for a rather diversified board. I think it's really important that you don't just have all attorneys, all CPAs, all doctors, all educators, all mm-hmm. pastors on your board. Mm-hmm. That That is...
0: is is not going to be wise. You want to have a diverse board. Are there certain uh, things that you are ideal for board members? Certain types of people? Oh, without a doubt,
1: I really believe small business owners are have make some of the best board members because mm-hmm. they've had to start an organization granted it's a business and you're a nonprofit. but they've had to start something from scratch they've had to build an organization from nothing they've had to raise the seed capital and the ongoing capital and they're hard workers to, and they're hard workers absolutely they they know what it's like to sacrifice and that's what that's what a startup is. It's a lot mm-hmm. of sacrifices. So that's why I tend to like those kind of individuals. I like people with business backgrounds. I like business people. I like individuals who are, have, have an MBA or are really proven right.
0: business leaders, community leaders. Okay. Are there certain people that you would just be like, do not have these people on your board for whatever well, reason? You
1: want me to go down a controversial path and I'm happy to go down that path cuz well, I do I do believe that controversy is always good Jason it's yeah. never I I think we we need to sometimes buck the norms and there are some norms out there and especially for Christian organizations one of the big norms is typically well let's we have to have a pastor on the board we need someone to bring in the the spiritual advisor standpoint or if it's a catholic organization, a priest on the board. Mm-hmm. And really, everything that I have seen over the years and in in my experience and meeting with other boards and meeting board members, mm-hmm. Pastors tend to be some of the worst board members. Really? Because. Why is that? Well, number one. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah. Well, number one, they have a divided loyalty because <laughs> they generally have to raise money
0: for their organization, uh, which typically well, is, pastors aren't usually raising money for their organization. I mean, they have people that are tithing to their organization, but that's different than. Raising money. I'm just trying to understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, there's like, nothing
1: further from the truth on that one. There's there's no difference between the the responsibilities for a leader of a nonprofit organization and a senior pastor. They are the sole. They sh, they're just like a university president or an executive director. They are the sole decision. They're the sole fundraiser. I mean, they you know that that's like saying i don't well money's just gonna come in no matter what well no it's not
0: i don't typically think of pastors as fundraisers
1: uh that's that's why we have so many churches in trouble right now <laughs> do you know how many pastors you know where where our biggest issue is right now it's seminaries that aren't teaching our pastors the importance of good stewardship and biblical stewardship. And as a result, they go in. They don't know how to manage the money. They don't know how to raise the money. They can't do a sermon on why to give, why it's important. We know that no topic is mentioned in the Bible more than giving and money. And so, but yet we, we want our pastors to be neutral in that area. Our pastors should be leading out in their churches in providing spiritual guidance spiritual advice that they ought to be talking about tithing Mm -hmm. and talking about giving and they they really need to be that advocate in the area of of giving and so
0: I think it's really important. So as a result- Well, I could see that if that's your view of a pastor and what a pastor should be doing, then yeah. it really is probably not the best idea to have someone who is supposed to be doing that. But I mean, to your point, if you're saying most pastors aren't doing that, then what's the big deal of having them on board to, if they don't have a divided to extent?
1: Loyal? To the extent, what pastor have you ever known that isn't worried about their budget, Are they going to be able to make payroll? Am I going to get paid this week? Mm -hmm. Uh, And are we going to be able to open up that new wing of the church or open up that new youth center that we want to do? I haven't known a pastor that isn't concerned about those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So to say that a pastor isn't worried about finances or raising money, just is is looking at – a church model in an so inaccurate you're, you're manner. You're
0: essentially saying that, uh, those You'd people probably have not to, the best idea. You're essentially saying probably not the best idea to have people in ministry themselves.
1: Well, either on the board, either pastors or or individuals who are part of nonprofits themselves. Yeah. because well, somewhere in it's there, it's not
0: just pastors. I would say like missionaries probably fall into that boat. They could, right? You know, for um, sure. Any maybe yeah. a, a executive director of a homeless shelter or a, you right. know another nonprofit right. Right. out Ex- there. Well, absolutely, because you have thinking, their thinking. you know— their loyalty why, is divided too. Why yeah. would I want to help? Yeah. I mean, they might have a great heart to want to help, but there's kind of a conflict of interest, right? right? Right. That's what you're trying to get at.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So So
0: really bringing on, you know, people who are in the workplace, bringing on experienced business people, startup people, people who are well-established, you know, they have good jobs, you know, they have a good education, you know, they're not going to be necessarily have a conflict of interest. Um, But as I'm thinking just out loud right now, I know a lot of nonprofits in my local town where I think half the board members are pastors. Right? Sure. Absolutely. I think they think that that's fine. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if I'm going to get a bunch of emails about this. Well,
1: it's never easy, Jason, when you have to tell people the truth and when you have to take a stand for what's right. And it really, I mean, 38 years of experience, I will beg to differ that. Uh, If you value that pastoral care, that advice, create an advisory board, a pastoral advisory board, and your executive director can meet with that pastoral board once a month and run by sticky issues, topics, things that require a pastoral's heart and pastoral care. Mm -hmm. I think those kinds of things are very valuable. But I'm talking about being on a cutting edge of a nonprofit
0: organization where I'm pushing the outside of the envelope right. every so day. So you're essentially saying the number one goal of the board is not necessarily spiritual pastoral care. Exactly. The it's, number one goal of the board is to understand the mission, understand the vision, and, and to kind of like to, to push, move that
1: forward. To yes. move it forward. Right. Absolutely. Like a, like
0: a startup That's business right. Would. That's exactly right. right. Yeah, and yeah. Furthering your mission,
1: because I can't tell you how many, especially startup organizations, get caught in this vicious circle where they're just chasing their tail around a fire hydrant. Right. They, they're just managing momentum instead of moving forward. You need a board that keeps your eyes focused in on the, mm-hmm. the prize. They need to set those goals and right. and help accomplish that well so.
0: and really your board meetings are kind of like shareholder meetings they are you very much. much very much of a. here's what we wanted to do last month you know this is what we talked about yep. last month yeah did we hit those goals you know, are we on yep, track? Yep, you know, yep. what are what are we going to do the next yep, quarter? Yep. Are we going to hit those goals? How are yep. we going to get the money? You know, what's our vision? You know, if we're going to work towards certain fundraiser events, yep. how are we going to yep. do that? And yep. it's
1: all strategy,
0: yep. right? It's all strategy. What's the key
1: ingredient, Jason, bringing up a very good point that you did? What is a key ingredient of a shareholders meeting? That they
0: know each other, I, I guess that they own the same company, that yeah, they own the same stock.
1: They, exactly, they are shareholders. Stock, they own stock in the company. Right. The same thing is with your board. And the, what makes them key is that they also give, and they're part of, uh, they, they are co-owners, so to speak, of right, your right. organization. Co-investors. Exactly, and mm-hmm. one of the other reasons why having someone as a pastor or a, or someone who's part of a nonprofit typically those individuals don't have that wealth yeah. to put into the board and it's very difficult for them to be equal shareholders yeah. and co-owners because they typically don't have the
0: the money to invest in that yeah. too. As we were just researching this topic of starting a nonprofit, we also came across a very popular radio host, uh, Dave Ramsey. And right. one of his videos that he points out is Is a nonprofit even right for you? Right. And I thought one of the points that he made, which kind of gets at what we're trying to mm-hmm. get at here, right. is that um, a nonprofit is really a tax. Category, right, right, exactly. There's, when it comes to how the nonprofit runs, yes, there's really not that much difference between a for-profit yeah. and a nonprofit right. because for-profit organizations need to make a profit to keep their doors open, and nonprofits need to make a profit, right, to keep their doors right. open. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Yeah. It doesn't matter what organization yeah. you yeah. have. Yeah. You have to yeah. make more money
1: yeah. than you spend. <laughs> if, if either of them are running in deficit too right. long, it's not going to be in existence.
0: And I think one of his points that he made on the video is just because you are starting a nonprofit yeah. doesn't mean that you don't make money. Right. You, know, like right. you have That's to right. make money yeah. Yeah. and you have to have a plan right. for how you're going to Bring income in. That's right. Because you have to bring in more income than you spend in order to actually function. Right. Right. And so the board's job is to figure out how to strategically position the nonprofit based on what it wants to do and all that stuff and how to bring in the income. Right. And that's part of our strategy. Right. You know, of why we have fundraising masterminds is we we are experts in that strategicness. That's right. How do you position a a nonprofit in a place where you're going to raise the most amount of income and bring on right. the most right. amount of partners. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Well, Jason, I'll bet you're going to ask me, are there any other groups of people or categories <laughs> that should be excluded? Are there any, any right?
0: other groups of categories of people you shouldn't bring on? Hey,
1: Jason, I am so glad you asked that. <laughs> uh, if, you, if, I, if we thought we were going to get a lot of complaints Uh, earlier on saying that pastors might not be the best person. We're going to really get them on this one. I recommend that you don't have attorneys on your board. And for one reason, attorneys are trained, they're wired to find loopholes and to find issues in everything that's done. And attorneys tend to be more glass half empty than half full. So, one thing you don't need as a as a visionary, as a leader is someone telling you at every turn, you can't do this, you shouldn't do this, It's improper to do this. It violates everything. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't attain or retain? counsel, advice, legal advice before you venture into things. No, you need to. It's important to have those. Right. But if those things are important to you, create a lawyer's or or attorney's advisory board. But don't bring those board members onto your board because they are just so used to being the Debbie Downer, the Johnny Raincloud of Life, that's the way that they are trained.
0: I'm sure all attorneys now are probably offended. they
1: they have all they are all currently <laughs> writing comment notes saying yeah. how wrong I am, and they're filing suit then against me for defamation of <laughs> character uh, as we go through oh, this. man, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: so, well, at least it'll get the algorithm going. There
1: we go. At least it's going to <laughs> increase the readers.
0: <laughs> no, I'm yeah. joking. We're yeah. totally joking. Yeah. Well, Jim, this is really good. There yeah. it is really valuable to know that, you know, um there are people out there that have kind of tried everything. I mean, you're yeah. not you're not against Lawyers, and you're not against no, pastors. No, I mean, we no, no, love we love pastors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're not personally no, against them, no, but you're just leaning all. off of your experience right. because you've had so many experiences yeah, yeah. in the past. And well, again, and it's
1: not just me. I, it's it's colleagues. It's talking with other board members. It's researching. It's reading books on. Right. on proper boards, uh, all those kinds of things. Right.
0: So we talked a lot about who to have on your board and yeah. who not to have yeah. on the board now. Yeah. Now you obviously <laughs> think that putting out a job application to just any yeah. old person is yeah. bad. You know, I understand why you think that's a bad right. thing to do. Uh, so how would you go about finding these board members? Yeah, well, first of all, I I do want to point out that I'm a big advocate of
1: applications. I think it's important because when you do narrow down some potential candidates I think you do need to find out everything you can about them once again mm. if if you if you are a Christian nonprofit organization if you're a ministry you need to a question needs to be on there tell me your testimony tell me how you came to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ what are some of the key values that you have but also what's What's your experience? Where? What's your background? Right. What What qualifies you to be on this board? Right. So you you're want not to against want to applications. It. You're just no. You're
0: just saying it's not the best idea to just create a Google ad and publicize it to as it many there. people as possible.
1: Exactly. I believe there really needs to be a pinpoint strategy on things. Mm-hmm. So I typically will start with a couple key things. Mm-hmm. I'll start with a name storming session. You know, uh, if you've got your current board, are there other individuals that they think might be good board members, people that they've worked with that are on other boards together? I have individuals that I've served on multiple boards with because we know – how the other person thinks, how the right. other person works. And they recommend me for the board, and I will recommend them for boards. Right. And so it's important that you you network. That's mm-hmm. one of your best ways, individuals. Uh, this is where you can also bring in a pastor, when you, we talked about that earlier. Bring them in for some advice on How about individuals in your church? So if you've got churches that are aligned with you or come underneath that undergird your ministry, your startup, Mm -hmm. are there individuals, are there deacons, are there elders, are there key leaders, Sunday school teachers, Bible teachers that are people of character that could qualify for your board? Absolutely, Mm -hmm. yeah. But as your organization starts to grow, one of the key things that I look for, number one, are they current donors to your organization hmm. because you you'll knock off one of the key categories right away are they giving financially or will they give financially well currently they are so let's unpack that let's start with are they giving and then move on to what kind of person are they are they people of character are they people that someone trusts and and research those kinds of things Mm -hmm. but i'm talking about absolutely a very targeted
0: narrowed down focus and approach so right and obviously if you're just starting they're not going to be giving, but you would right. be asking them for to make a commit. Are they willing to make a commitment to give? Yeah,
1: absolutely, that's right. Yeah. Now you know it, there's there's various arguments on whether you should ask for a specific amount of money. In other words, you must give twenty thousand dollars a year, and if you don't, you're not qualified for this board. I don't really, th- I think that's a little bit too rigid. Mm. I've always been not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. Mm. So if I've got someone on a board who has the potential to give, but currently they're they're struggling with their mother who has Alzheimer's and they've got in, her in an independent living center, well, that situation is not going to be that way forever, but it currently is. And so they might at some point have the ability to give 20000 but they can't do that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I want them to have the same sacrifice that everyone else has. Now, we're not asking an individual that this should be the primary thing that they give their money to. Honestly, I believe that someone's primary giving should be to the local church. But I do also believe that if you're going to be on a board, you ought to be number two in that person's giving. If there's other organizations that supersede that, then they really need to think about should they really be on this board or not. Uh, and, okay. and it really should be a, a high
0: priority for them. Um, other. Other possible topics in starting a board might be, you know, how many board members should you have? Right. And how long should they become board members? Should we yeah, should terms actually of, require a time? Right. Absolutely.
1: Well, first of all, the answer is 12. I I believe that Jesus had a reason why he had 12 disciples. 12, and even in the modern-day secular business world, they will tell you 12 is a perfect number for putting together most boards. But no, the perfect number is 12. Now, uh, you know, I have to say, you know, there's a ch- a chance, a possibility Jesus may have been correct when he put those twelve together, and I say that very well, tongue in cheek because that's a perfect number. Don't you
0: want an odd number? I mean, wouldn't like seven be better so that you have an odd? Well, folk? here's the thing. Uh, typically, what you'll
1: want to do I, there, there, there's definitely some arguments to that, but when you get as high as 12, very rarely do you see a six and six. Mm-hmm. I can tell you if a board is aligned with the mission of the organization and, and really in tune with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is guiding you and directing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, boards that I've been on, we have not worried about ties. There is, they're, they're in fact, uh, most of the time, I had one board that I served on for a pregnancy center that I was the board chair. We had one time in the, in the eight years that I served on that board, we had one time that we were not unanimous in our decision. So yes, you could say maybe we are worried about that, but if you've got a board that is constantly divided on things, then I think maybe you need to look at are you really going down the right path? But in my yeah. mind, honestly, uh, I, like I said, one time, well, and and that had to do with a a you know how much money
0: we keep in surplus. That's right. the only argument. I also just have heard of nonprofits doing this as well, but you can also require a unanimous vote in order to make a decision. And I don't particularly think that's the best way,
1: to be honest with you. Uh, I, I and believe... especially as your board gets larger, yeah. it is tougher and tougher to get and unanimous decision on those things so but if you had a
0: smaller board oh yeah right you could
1: say right you could but you know what i i think number one I've, i've relied on the holy spirit to keep that unanimous but i've never required it because we're all we're all different people we all think differently and that doesn't mean that because someone has a differing opinion that it's wrong It just means they have a differing opinion. So I I don't think you ought to cause gridlock because someone's got a different opinion right so if yeah, you had, i guess i could see that you had five people on the board and and one person just saw things a little
0: differently well it could create uh, a, a fear of uh, disagreeing oh
1: absolutely right exactly a- of, like, well, sharing, i don't want to stop r- i don't want to rock the boat yeah exactly i don't want to be the person who yeah. who sets that up so yeah absolutely I, I i think that's going overboard to to do that so
0: okay uh, what other things are important when you are considering starting a nonprofit? Well, I
1: think you mentioned something about terms of office, terms of yeah, service yeah, and yeah, things. Yeah. And I believe in a, in a perfect situation, when you have got 12 board members, mm-hmm. it's a perfect time to allow three people to rotate in and rotate off every year. Mm-hmm. So if you can serve three year terms, then you can bring and rotate four individuals in there at every three years. And those four individuals can come on and come off every three years. What if I like my board members? Do I
0: have to rotate them around?
1: That's a great question. And I've had some boards that uh, actually think that they are supreme court justices that it's a it's lifetime service right. frankly i think that's a big mistake in fact i had a board that i was on as a board president No, i'm saying if you I,
0: like the board oh, can you keep... i'll get there oh okay yeah i'll
1: get there uh, i i had a um i had a, a board that i was on where of a pregnancy center i was a board chair okay and i i I loved being on the board. They loved having me on the board. At least I think they did. They said they did. Yeah. But I believed it's so important to con to always refresh with new ideas. So I, in a sense, forced myself off the board. Hmm. Now you may say, well, what if you have board members that you like? What what about keeping those people? Well, you can you can renew people to have one more additional three year term. But then you do rotate off of that. So Hmm. I allow for one consecutive or two consecutive. But it's not required to do that, is it? No, not at all. But only if you don't want your organization to go stale and and that i believe So You're that saying it's, if
0: we don't rotate the board members
1: there is the possibility that it's going to go stale. Absolutely, yeah. Do i say that there's any is there a requirement of that? No, not at all. But if you want to keep your board fresh, if you want to keep bringing hmm. in having new ideas and new views of things. Hmm. And again, these are just suggestions, suggestions, right? We're not saying that there's these are m- nothing in the IRS regulations <clears throat> and rules that say these things. These right. are these are just recommendations based
0: on right. 38 years of board experience, right? Well, it's it's good in a way to you know always have fresh eyes coming in, but Correct. then at the same time, there's some you know. wisdom and and having having longevity on a board yeah. is also
1: important. Sure, yeah. uh, I get yeah, that. Yeah. I get that.
0: So, um, <clears throat> Jim, we're we've been talking about this for a while. Are there yep. any other things that you want to say about? Uh, who should be on the board and how to get board members
1: well frankly uh we will save this for another broadcast but i think people's understanding of the role in development what is their responsibility what do they need to do do they need to attend your event do they need to attend your annual dinner Do they need to attend any other development event should they try and recruit their friends to be part of this to give financially that's an important thing that will well, some save people will that say yes
0: they need to be doing this and this right. almost like a job description absolutely right, right? and i think right. that's what we're going to get into we in our will. part two is the roles and responsibilities of a board yeah and um, we'll address some of the development things in there as well too for Yeah, sure for sure yeah. so um <clears throat> but again the scope of this particular episode was specifically how do you create a board right who should be on the board um and what types of people should be on the board and again how you uh, recruit how do you recruit and who you should recruit right so hopefully we answered that question in enough detail yeah hopefully and it was uh, helpful. if if we still left you hanging if you're still like <laughs> well, wait there's still one more thing i need to know well just write it in the comment and um you know we often do question and answer segments in this podcast so if your question uh, is worthy of an answer, we will address your question in a future question and answer uh, segment. And that also just reminds me that um, it's important that you subscribe to this channel because we have future episodes coming out every week. We release new episodes every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern, and it's all on the topic of nonprofits, uh, fundraising, development strategy, Uh, There's a lot of great stuff that we've already put out there, but we've got tons of more content coming that you're not going to want to miss out. So definitely check that out. And I also just wanted to let you know, Jim and I also have a course that we teach two times a year. We limit this class to 50 organizations two times a year um, because we really believe in the personalization of the course. And what it is, is uh, we walk you through a 20-week uh, how to do the perfect vision dinner model. Um, and that's really something that Jim has uh, developed over his 38 years of working for one of the world's largest organization's crew. right? If you want to learn more about that, you can head over to fundraisingmasterminds.net. It's in the description and you can learn about that. If you have questions, you can reach out to us. We'd be happy to uh, address any questions that you have there. But thank you so much for joining us on this Part one of starting a nonprofit with the board of directors. Be sure to join us for part two coming out soon. Uh, subscribe so you don't miss it. Right. But we're going to be talking about the roles and responsibilities of a board coming up soon. So we'll see you there. Looking forward to it. See you in the next video.